The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to the week 8 edition of Falato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host Nick Falato, and we're about to break down all of these matchups. Let's dive right into it and let's also remember there are two teams on by so it's not the by Apocalypse, by NATO, by Mageddon, whatever you want to call it, that we saw in week seven when it was the Bills and the Steelers and the Cowboys and the Vikings and the Jags, and there was another team in there too. So we only have the Raiders and the Ravens by. So there's a lot of good fantasy assets within those two teams, but it's not as dangerous as it was last week. Let's jump into these matchups and let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals against the New York Jets. This is an over-under that is only sitting at 42 and a half, but the Bengals are favored by 11 on the road. So you're talking about the New York Jets, a home dog by 11 points, and there's a lot of reason why. Zach Wilson, who hasn't particularly played well, is out with a knee injury, and it's going to be Mike White. The Jets just went out and traded for Joe Flacco, someone that the organization had last year, but let's not forget, Adam Gase is not here. Joe Flacco wasn't in Robert Salah and LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's system last season. That was a totally different season, but Joe Flacco is a solid I guess you could say backup quarterback. He's not someone who should be starting these days, but he's not starting in this game anyway because he's just arriving over there in Florham Park, New Jersey. So it's going to be Mike White receiving the nod. Ideally, I don't want to start many New York Jets here. If I had to go with one, I'm going to plant my flag on Michael Carter, who saw several targets last week. He saw nine targets, caught eight balls for 67 yards. Mike White was just targeting him and targeting him and targeting him. And this sets up to be a pretty bad beatdown by the Cincinnati Bengals. So I love Joe Mick. I think Samaj P. Ryan is someone that you can also start, which is funny to say, man, but Chris Evans is not going to be there. He is inactive for this game, so that means Samaj P. Ryan is going to get some third down work, which he's been getting all season, and he's going to also eat into Joe Mixon's workload. This is something that we've seen in the last several weeks. Joe Mixon should smash. I have him as my running back four right now, but I actually have Samaj P. Ryan ranked in my top 35 at 27, and I think he's a startable asset with if, if you had any of those Raiders or Ravens running backs, which for the Raiders' sake, Josh Jacobs is hurt right now, but Kenyon Drake could be a solid asset. And then the Ravens, I mean, that's just a mess of a backfield. But this is how I'm looking at this game right now. Love both those Cincinnati running backs. Well, I should say like P. Ryan. Michael Carter, I do believe, is startable. Joe Burrow, if you have him, you're going to start him. Mike White, you're not going to start him. That's 
pretty uh, self-explanatory right there as to why you would not want to start him. Joe Burrow is my 10th ranked quarterback on the week. And as for these wide receivers, Corey Davis is doubtful. He looks like he's not going to play in this game. And I think there could be some garbage time PPR points for someone like Jamison Crowder in three receiver, four team team leagues very, very desperate, dire type of situation. I think you can consider Crowder. I definitely don't have him ranked in my top 35, and I don't want to go in that direction, but desperate times call for desperate measures. So I'm kind of done with the Jets. As for these Bengals, Jamar Chase, fire him up. T. Higgins, fire him up. Jamar Chase, I have him as my wide receiver seven, and T. Higgins, I also have as a wide receiver two. He's sitting there at 23. I don't have Tyler Boyd ranked in my top 35, but I think in those deeper leagues that I was referring to before, you may have to go in that direction. He hasn't gotten it done, and the Jets are pretty good against the wide receivers only because they're so abysmal against the run. At least last week against Baltimore, he saw seven targets, Tyler Boyd, so hopefully that springboards him into a better matchup, but ideally you don't want want to play him and if you want to if we're looking at the tight ends go down that cj uzama route it's an option he has three touchdowns in the last two games and he has five in the last four but the guy is just incredibly efficient in terms of scoring touchdowns per reception i don't want to go down that route there are a lot of other tight ends that i would prefer that you may be able to get on the wire and then ingram for instance and i know that's gross dan arnold ricky seals jones I saw Tyler Higby in one of my leagues. He was dropped for some reason, and I have him in the top five this week against the Houston team that ranks third to last in fantasy points given up to the tight end position. But that's basically about it. This game's a little bit self-explanatory. So let's move on to Miami and Buffalo. This is another game that could be a beatdown. It's looking like it's going to be some some nasty type of weather here, so that's something to monitor going in. I don't know how bad it's going to be, but it is getting to that time of year where it gets cold and slippery and wet and rainy and sleety, but the over-under here is still pretty sexy at 49 with the Buffalo Bills favored by 14. Earlier in the season, the Bills went down to Miami and absolutely beat the brakes off of the Miami Dolphins. Tua was hurt in that game, and now Tua is back here, and Tua has looked okay, and I think he is a startable fantasy asset in super flex 12-team type of leagues, not in single quarterback leagues. I have him just outside of a quarterback, too, as my 25th ranked quarterback. In this particular matchup, I don't want to start him. I was speaking season long just because Tua is a hot name right now. But against Buffalo at Buffalo, with the rain possibly coming, Buffalo's defense is very, very good. Last time we saw them, they lost in prime time in front of the entire nation to the Tennessee Titans. And I think they're going to be very, very hungry here. I kind of want to avoid all Miami Dolphins in this matchup. I have Jalen Waddle ranked. I have Miles Gaskin ranked. Miles Gaskin I have as my running back 22. So that's somebody that I think you can play as a running back too. But the only reason I have him ranked there is because Malcolm Brown is now on injured reserve and because he's going to receive at least five, six, seven, eight targets because I don't think Tua is going to be pressing downfield too much with the pass rush of Gregory Rousseau and the rest of the Buffalo Bills. So I think Gaskin could be a solid PPR play, but I'm not necessarily thrilled to play him either. And as for the wide receiver, Jalen Waddle, I have him ranked at 32 just because they use him so close to the line of scrimmage on a lot of drag routes, similar to Miles Gaskin. I think he can rack up some PPR value, but it's definitely not something I want to do. The one player, I guess I should kind of rephrase my earlier statement. One player I think I would play if I have him just because the position is gross. That is a tight end. And that is Mike Gesicki, who I have in my top eight at the tight end position. I think Gesicki 
is a is a solid play in this situation. Buffalo's defense, like I said, it's very, very good. It's still good against tight ends. It ranks in the top 10 against the tight end position. But Kasiki is a weird hybrid of a tight end and a wide receiver who splits out quite often. And I think there could be a lot of garbage time here, which could lead to more receptions for the Waddle, Gaskin, and Kasikis of the world. But other than that, I, I don't really want to entertain this this team, the Buffalo Bills are probably going to beat the crap out of the Miami Dolphins. But Josh Allen, you're firing him up. And then you get to these running backs, man. And I think Zach Moss could be in for a huge game. I get it. Devin Singletary looked good last week, and he usually receives that first drive every game. But this could be a game that gets out of hand, which leads to a lot of garbage time and a lot of goal line work for a player like Zach Moss, who had 16 fantasy points in week two, his first active week. So remember, he was inactive week one, dealing with a slight issue. So I think Zach Moss is somebody you can play. It's not somebody you have to play. I have Zach Moss ranked right now in my top 20. I have him at 18. Devin Singletary, I have at 30. So he's also a player I think you can play. It's just Moss has higher touchdown value. He receives a little bit more action as a receiver as well, despite the fact that last game Singletary did see five targets and he looked solid with them. So I think it's something to consider. And I think this is another game that you want to kind of monitor moving forward because the Buffalo Bills have a pretty easy schedule. They have the Jets coming up soon, a terrible rush defense. So I'm hoping that one of these two players separate themselves so we have a little bit more clarity in terms of fantasy football. And as for the wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, I'm fine with starting all of them, to be honest. Devontae Parker, I didn't bring him up. He's questionable in this game. I'm not going to entertain it. He was questionable the last two weeks, and he ended up not playing. Preston Williams, I'm not entertaining. But as for Sanders and Beasley, because if you have Diggs, you're starting Diggs. I have Sanders right now ranked as as a wide receiver too at 21 and I have Beasley ranked at 30 look they can go up to like a 21 to nothing lead and kind of take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit you know 24 nothing something like that and I'm not 100% certain and no one really is if it's going to be Sanders or Beasley Sanders has been better on the year as a whole but we saw Cole Beasley last week do really really well against the Tennessee Titans had nine targets caught seven for 88 and a touchdown and I think if you could get away from Beasley Yes, I get it, but this is also an implied team total that is very, very high. There's going to be a lot of points scored by the Buffalo Bills. So you don't necessarily want to maybe stray away from the 11 personnel package in terms of the wide receivers because Dawson Knox is no longer there. And I'm not 100% certain that Tommy Sweeney is going to step into Dawson Knox's role and receive as much attention and targets that he did. So I think that's going to open up a little bit more opportunity for Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. So that's kind of where I'm at with this game. Moving on to the Rams traveling to the Houston Texans for a game that also seems like it's going to be a blowout. Our third game we're going over, another double-digit spread. The Texans are dogs at home by 16.5 points. Rams favored by 16.5 then, obviously. A 47-point over-under, so Vegas is expecting the Rams to score a lot of points, and that makes a lot of sense. And for the Texans, the only player, again, that I'm entering, well, there's two players I'll entertain. One, Brendan Cooks. I have Brendan Cooks ranked in my top 28. I have him at wide receiver, 28. And then David Johnson. And I would rather not start David Johnson, but I do have him ranked. He's 32nd right now. And running back is a, is a, is a hard position to find value at. And Mark Ingram was just traded, which could open up more opportunity for David Johnson, who has been traditionally their receiving back this season in a game where they likely will be blown out. So that should lead to more targets, more dump offs, all that stuff. And I think he's going to get, you know, five to eight more carries as well. Philip Lindsay is not going away. But if David Johnson's on your free agent wire, Give him that speculative ad. Like, throw him on the edge of your bench if you have the room to do so and see how this all plays out. Just because he did have value last year, this team is not good. 
We know that. There is no Deshaun Watson, so the value may not be the same. But hey, if he receives a lot of targets and gets a lot of those dump-offs, those PPR points mean something. So I think it's something to look at. Don't really want to start him this week. I kind of want to wait and see. But if you're in a pinch, he is somebody that you can fire up. And as for the rest of the players in this game... If you have Daryl Henderson, you're starting him. Matt Stafford, I have in my top three quarterbacks. You're going to start him. Cooper Cup's my number one wide receiver, number one wide receiver on the season as well. You're obviously going to start him. And then you have Robert Woods and Van Jefferson. I don't have Van Jefferson ranked, but I think Van Jefferson is a solid deep league play, but you got to hope that he scores and he gets red zone targets. You know, they, they design plays for him. Robert Woods, I don't love him this week because Houston has been terrible against a tight end position. And another player, Tyler Higby, he's in my top five because I think he's going to get red zone targets. Now, does he capitalize on them? Tyler Higby, I think, has been tackled within the five-yard line like three or four times this year. He could be balling this year. And I think this is a matchup where he could have possibly multiple touchdowns. So I have him ranked higher than a lot of other analysts, and I'm comfortable with that as of right now. Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, I have him as my wide receiver 29, a little bit lower. And I like Robert Woods. I'm starting Robert Woods in a couple leagues. But I could see this being, you know, a three to four catch affair for like 45 yards and and no touchdowns and just kind of being a disappointing type of start so anticipate that now it may not be he could always break a long play Robert Woods has that within his abilities but this should be a game that's going to be a blowout he is he might be the third option in this matchup if Sean McVay which we saw as Giant fans and people who cover the Giants Sean McVay loves attacking vulnerabilities he loves scheming his offense to take advantage of the defense and what they cannot protect and that is the tight end position and you know Cooper Cup is going to be involved, which may take a little bit away from Robert Woods. So just temper your expectations, but if you have them, you're starting them. And that's this game. Tyler Higby, I would fire him up. San Francisco and Chicago. So this is a game where it could have been Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, but it doesn't look like Trey Lance is going to start in this game. It's a 39.5 point over under. That is disgusting. And the 49ers are favored by four on the road. A lot of, a lot of home dogs going on here. And there's not a lot of great fantasy goodness in this game. Look, I don't want to play Jimmy Garoppolo and I don't want to play Justin Fields. I think Khalil Herbert is somebody you can play. I really do. He's looked good, man. He had 18 carries and went north of 100 yards last week. And that's very difficult to do when you play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the best run defenses in the National Football League. So I have Khalil Herbert right now ranked in my top 24 as a running back two. And I think he's definitely a startable asset as is Elijah Mitchell, who was balling in the first half. And then San Francisco got away from the run. I don't really know exactly what Kyle Shanahan is doing all the time, but he got away from Elijah Mitchell. I have Elijah Mitchell ranked at 21 and I like him this week at Chicago. And I think Shanahan is going to stick to the rushing attack and the short passing attack to Debo Samuel, who I also have as somebody who's a locked-in starter. Debo Samuel is a top 15 wide receiver for me, top 10 even, actually. I have him at 8 right now, so fire him up as well. I'm not going to go Damian Williams. I'm not going to look at Jamichael Hasty, who's earning a lot of third-down snaps. I'm not starting Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. They can go off, which I highly doubt, but they can have good games, and that's all well and good. They have burned me way too many times this season, as has Brandon Ayuk. He's burned me at least earlier in the season. Last week, I thought maybe out of the bye, even though it was a rainy game, he could have a solid outing. But when you see one target, one catch for like six yards, I mean, come on, you're you're done. You're you're toast. I, I don't want anything to do with you. And as for the tight ends, I don't want Cole Komet or Ross Dwelly, so we can move on to the next game. I actually do have Cole Komet ranked, though, in my top 20. I think I have him at 18. Moving on to Tennessee and Indianapolis, a game that could have some solid fantasy production. 
The over-under of this game is 51 with the Colts being favored by 2.5 at home. Looks like it's going to be a really entertaining game. And I think Ryan Tannehill and Carson Wentz are both startable quarterbacks. I think I have them back-to-back in my rankings with Wentz at 11, Tannehill at 12. So technically they are both quarterback ones on the week. As for running backs, King Henry, Jonathan Taylor, both easy starts you know I don't want to go down the Naheem Hines route but if you're desperate in full point PPR leagues he actually had a solid game against Tennessee last time they played in a 16 to 25 loss I think the Colts are playing a little bit better right now but then again the Tennessee Titans are playing incredibly well these two teams do know each other they are in division so Hines could have some sort of uh, I guess you could say more work than, than than usual because if you look last week as well, he did have eight carries against San Francisco and Jonathan Taylor was dealing with some rib soreness, but he practiced in full Thursday. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not looking to start Naheem Hines, if I'm going to be honest, but I am looking to start A.J. Brown, who's a top 10 wide receiver for me. Julio Jones has been ruled out of this game, so he will not be there, and I think Brown could have a smash type of day against the Indianapolis Colts. Titans still give up the most points to the wide receiver position, but the Colts aren't too far behind, so I expect some passing in this game, and I like a lot of the weapons just overall. A.J. Brown being my favorite. I like Michael Pittman Jr. It looks like T.Y. Hilton is probably going to play. It's not certain yet. He's still dealing with the quad issue. If I have T.Y. Hilton deep, 14-team, three-receiver leagues. I can fire up T.Y. Hilton. I don't have my top 35, but I do believe he's an asset that you can play because Tennessee's past defense has been really, really bad. But Michael Pittman Jr., I have him in my top 24. He is a wide receiver, too, for me, and he has that big play potential. He didn't have a phenomenal game against Tennessee earlier in the year. He had 13 full-point PPR points, but he did see 12 targets. He just didn't get in the end zone. He's been in the end zone two of the last three games, and I think Pittman is somebody that you can start and feel confident about. As for tight ends, Mo Cox, you need him to get in the end zone if you want to start him. Anthony Ferkser is way too unreliable. So for me, it's it's all the assets that I've already kind of went over. So let's move on to Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Looks like Baker Mayfield will be starting in this game, and the over-under here is 42, so not great. The Cleveland Browns are favored by four, and you have the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a bye week. Eric Ebron in this game has been ruled out. I like Pat Fryermuth, man, as a sneaky PPR start here who ha- possibly has potential to get in the end zone. Now, the, the Cleveland Browns, their defense is solid this year. Their defense against the tight end position is top 10 as well, but Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw it close to the line of scrimmage. And I think Fryermuth has that Heath Miller type of thing going on where he can run those quick routes to the flat, those quick routes over the middle of the field, and then even get to the intermediate parts of the field. And without Eric Ebron, his snap share is going to go up. Before the bye, we saw him get seven targets. So I think he's in a solid place here, not to jump to the tight end position. And I also think someone like David Njoku is someone you can entertain. But last week, he had two targets. The week before that, he had two. And then against the Chargers, he had seven because the Chargers are abysmal against the tight end position. So I'm not exactly thrilled to go with someone like David Njoku. But let's go to the quarterbacks. Look, I don't really want to start either of these guys. If I had to start one, it would be Roethlisberger over Baker Mayfield, but I'm not thrilled to do so. Roethlisberger, I have him in my top 20 at at quarterback, obviously, and then Baker Mayfield I have at 22, so just outside. Roethlisberger, I think I have at 16, 15 or 16, somewhere around there, and it's just because I, I don't have a lot of love for these quarterbacks outside of 
the top 14, essentially. Like, that area is Trevor Lawrence, who I think could have a solid day coming off of the buy up in Seattle. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold. I'm not in love with a lot of those options after you get past Ryan Tannehill. And I kind of like Jameis Winston against Tampa Bay a little bit, but he's Jameis Winston. Can you really rely on that? So that's kind of the state of the quarterback market in week eight here. Moving on to the running back. So if you if you can get away from those guys, I would. But super flex leagues, I understand why you may have to start them. Najee Harris and Nick Chubb are both starting. Now, Dearness Johnson, I think he's going to see solid workload. You have Nick Chubb coming back from an injury that made him miss two weeks. And he they played on Thursday night, so he had some extra rest as well. Dearness Johnson, that is, to rest up. Look, they trusted him. He, they had 24 total touches in that win over the Denver Broncos, and I think he's going to earn some snaps here, but it's against a stout front coming off of the bye. Pittsburgh tends to usually get their defense really right around this time of year. I'm not in love with the prospects of starting someone like Dearness Johnson this week. Definitely don't expect anything like we saw last week, and I have him ranked as my 34th running back, so he's just ranked here, but I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole. Deontay Johnson, though, definitely start another d johnson chase claypool i'm very comfortable with starting this guy for whatever reason just always goes off against the cleveland browns and i know he's hasn't had too many matchups against this team but it seems like he always does well against them so i am firing up chase claypool jarvis landry and odell beckham are going to play in this game they both seem to get injured every game or dinged up you have baker mayfield that should be good for them this is still a good defense i think jarvis is someone i'd be more comfortable with starting over than over someone like Odell Beckham Jr., who just has not performed for the Cleveland Browns. Donovan Peoples-Jones is not going to play in this game either, so there should be a more concentrated target share for those two receivers along with these tight ends, but we know the identity of Cleveland, and that is run the football. I don't expect him to get away from that at home with Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson more so for Nick Chubb. So that's kind of where I'm at with the entirety of this game. Like the like Deontay Johnson, like Chase Claypool, Nick Chubb firing him up. Obviously, Najee Harris firing him up, and then I think Pat Fryermuth is a sleeper. But before we get into the rest of the matchups on this slate, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to the Detroit Lions, and they are going to square up. Can the Detroit Lions get the first win of their season? We will see. They are dogs at home by 3.5 points, with the over-under being 48.5 points. Jalen Hurts, man, he's not a good NFL quarterback from everything we've seen, yet he's still young. Yes, this is his second year, but he hardly started many games in his first year. I think he started like three or four, and he was benched in the second half of Week 17. We all remember that as people who cover the Giants and our Giant fans. So you can still develop, but after everything I've seen so far this season, it's not quite there yet. Doesn't mean it can't come. But 
the fantasy aspect of this is that Jalen Hurts is very, very fun to start. He is always smashing. I think he's a quarterback two on the season right here, and he's going up against a Detroit Lions team that hasn't necessarily been great against quarterback position. They rank in the bottom five of giving up fantasy points to the quarterback position, and I think he's in for a prime spot, and if you have him, you're going to start him. Jared Goff, I wouldn't want to start him, so it's pretty easy there. Miles Sanders not playing in this game. I like DeAndre Swift a lot, as should everybody. DeAndre Swift is a top seven running back. I have him at seven, and Kenneth Gainwell I have at 23. Now, I'm not 100% certain how Philly is going to utilize their rushing attack now because I, Kenneth Gainwell is your most talented guy. He had a role when Miles Sanders was there. I think he's still going to maintain that role with maybe a little bit more production on the ground. But I think Boston Scott's going to be involved, and they could even dress Jordan Howard. It could get a little mucky, so you want to pay attention to if Jordan Howard kind of gets activated before this game because that could have an impact, which would just be absolutely disgusting. But I have Kenneth Gainwell ranked as a low-end running back two here at 23. Just ahead of him, I have guys like Miles Gaskin, Elijah Mitchell, Devontae Booker, and Gaskin mainly just for the PPR reasons, as I said a little bit before. Jamal Williams, I don't really want to start him. I have him as a flex option, but he's at home. Last week, he had double-digit carries. He has not been involved in the receiving game at like he was earlier in the season that has diminished and DeAndre Swift has kind of assumed the entirety of that role and he hasn't scored a touchdown since week three so I like him as a player but I'm not thrilled to play him in this matchup Devonta Smith you're gonna start if you're desperate I think you can roll the dice with one of these one of these Detroit wide receivers I just don't know who if I had to pick it'd be Khalif Raymond just because he's coming off of a over 100 yard performance against the Rams last week and he had eight targets last week at seven the week before but before that he had two so it's like a, a crapshoot here like Amon Ross St. Brown looked like he was going to be the guy and he had zero targets. it's against the Rams so that's just kind of where I'm at with the Lions TJ Hawkins and DeAndre Swift are the only two I'm really really interested in Dallas Goddard I'm really interested in as well this is going to be a second game without Zach Ertz he only saw five targets last week went for 70 yards had three catches against the Raiders last week but I think he could be in for a little bit more production here. The Lions, they aren't terrible against the tight end position. They rank about middle of the pack. So I'm willing to fire him up. And the tight end position is gross, as we say every week. The defense is in this game. I don't really want to play either of them. They haven't necessarily proven much. I think Jared Goff's a little bit more turnover prone than Jalen Hurts. So I guess the Eagles, but they're on the road. So I'd rather just not entertain either of those defenses Carolina and Atlanta I think Atlanta's defense is something you can entertain this is an over under of 46 and a half with the Falcons favored by three in this game Falcons putting some wins on the board coming out of the bye after squeaking past the Miami Dolphins last week in Miami they've not been playing all that great but Matt Ryan has ever since Matt Ryan played the Giants he's had Over 20 fantasy points in each game, 29 against Washington, 24 against the Jets in London, and then 22 last week against the Miami Dolphins because he's found a new shiny toy in Kyle Pitts, firing him up. Calvin Ridley, you're firing him up. He's not the top flight wide receiver we hoped for, but these are his targets in every game this season. He didn't play against the Jets, but he had 10 last week, 13 week four against Washington, 11 against the Giants in week three. 
10 against Tampa Bay and 8 against Philly. So he's getting targeted a lot. And he got in the end zone twice, and his yards have not been great. He only had 26 yards on four catches with 10 targets last week. Not great. But that can improve, and I think it will improve. And I don't necessarily think Matt Ryan is as washed as I originally thought. Because he is challenging teams deep. It's just with Kyle Pitts, a little bit more so than it is with Calvin Ridley. I think defenses are also going to adjust to Kyle Pitts, which is going to open up a little bit more for Calvin Ridley. So I think you could start them both. DJ Moore, you could definitely start. Robbie Anderson, nah, son. I'm not going down that route. And then Cordero Patterson is a smash start because he is earned his way into basically a almost a full-time role here as the running backs especially in terms of production and he only had two catches last week for a yard but he still had five targets had nine targets a week before he, he's getting wide receiver targets while also receiving double digit carries and mike davis is essentially irrelevant now so you're not entertaining him so cordero patterson's an excellent start and i think chubba hubbard is also a good start here he's not efficient he doesn't look all that great and he's no christian mccaffrey but he's still getting targeted and he's still going to receive 12 to 15 carries on the ground and i don't think you can necessarily ignore that he could even receive more depending on the game script it's evident that Carolina is just praying that Christian McCaffrey comes back as soon as possible, but Hubbard is their main guy, and you're going to see a little bit of Royce Freeman, but it's not enough to take to take Chubba Hubbard away from being a fantasy asset. I have him in my top 20 at running back 19. Patterson is at running back 13. I'm a little bit higher on Patterson, a little bit more bullish because he is a better player right now, and it's just crazy how this guy has been a ho-hum player basically his entire career, and now he's having a breakout season north of 30. Awesome story for Cordero Patterson. New England and the Chargers. (laughs) We all remember what happened to Justin Herbert last year when the Chargers had to play Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots. He was horrendous. I think he had like four fantasy points. Don't quote me on that, but it was bad. I don't expect the same. He's coming off of a bye week, and he's seen this defense before, and he seems to be a different and even better player. I have him as my quarterback eight here in this matchup. Mac Jones, I have him south of 20, 24th ranked quarterback. You know, I I don't want to do that. The Chargers don't allow any passing yards to the wide receiver position. Tight ends you can throw to, so I kind of like Jared Cook a little bit, but I don't love him. I like Hunter Henry a lot more, if I'm going to be honest. Hunter Henry I have as a top six tight end this week, and Johnny Smith is dealing with an injury, but he did travel with the team. He's questionable. I expect him to play, but Hunter Henry is the primary tight end on this team. He has Henry has four touchdowns in the last four games. So there's something to be said about that. And I know he only has six targets in the last two weeks, but he had eight against Houston. Again, just to kind of go back to my point on Tyler Higby, he was a huge part of Josh McDaniel's game plan then. So I do like Hunter Henry. I think you should definitely start him. And I think you're going to start Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. This defense of the New England Patriots is going to try to take one of them away. Keenan Allen usually aligns in the slot, and the Patriots just lost one of the better slot defenders. So... I think Keenan Allen could be in for a nice bounce back second half of the season here. He is coming off of a game two weeks ago against Baltimore where it was just a mess and the entire offense was a mess, but he at least had 50 yards, which is solid for fantasy production, five catches. So PPR leagues, he didn't sink you. Mike Williams was ailing in that game and he didn't do anything, but I expect him as long as he's healthy and it seems like he's healthy that he's going to come back and still continue to be a really, really good wide receiver. So if I have either of them, I'm starting him and I don't want to start Jacoby Myers, man. I have him ranked outside my top 35. I get it. He sees, you know, five, six, seven targets a week, always comes away with like four or five, six catches. And that's all well and good. But I think in 
deeper leagues, yes, you have to, for sure. But I'm not overly thrilled with someone like Jacoby Myers. And I say that, now he's probably going to be the guy who gets in the end zone and, and scores a touchdown his first of his career, just because I'm saying that. Austin Eckler popped up on the injury report with a hip injury. It's not great. You just have to monitor this, to be honest. And it's a newer injury. He was sore after practice, according to Brandon Staley. So if he's active, I'm playing him. And that's that. Damian Harris, you're going to play as well. The Chargers are really bad against running backs this year in terms of fantasy points. The Chargers, right now, they rank in the bottom five of the league. They allow 28 fantasy points a game to the running back position. Damian Harris, that's the identity of the New England Patriots. Is they want to run the football, and he is the lead dog. Ramondre Stevenson wasn't even dressed last week. J.J. Taylor was, and he ended up smashing, which goes to, hey, Samaje P. Ryan could have a huge game because last week we saw all those New England Patriot running backs in New England have great weeks. Anyways, though, so that's kind of where I'm at with this game. I think this game is solid in terms of fantasy production. It's a 49.5 point over-under with 4.5 Chargers being favored here, but this could be interesting in the sense that if the New England Patriots can't have a lot of early success running the football and the Chargers jump out to that 14 nothing lead, which is possible. The Patriots defense is solid, but it's not great. Chargers had a whole nother week to game plan for this because they were by last week. Then what will Mac Jones and the Patriots do? Can they make that game competitive, the rookie? I don't know. We'll see. I think it's an interesting thing to kind of watch right now, as is Austin Eckler and his injury. So that's kind of where I'm at with all those fantasy assets. Moving on to Jacksonville and Seattle. Jacksonville coming off of the bye as well. 44.5 point over-under with the Seattle Seahawks favored by four. Still no Russell Wilson, which is entirely too unfortunate. But Trevor Lawrence, you're firing up. Geno Smith, you are not you're definitely firing up James Robinson. Love him in this matchup. I have him as a top 12 running back. And then Alex Collins, I have as a low-end running back too. I don't love it. I think DJ Dallas is going to work in there, and he's going to continue to get work. But Collins, man, he fits the identity of what Pete Carroll wants to do with Geno Smith as quarterback. Let Russ cook is, is far dead when Russ is not there to cook, obviously. And even when he's there, they still run the football maybe a little bit too much, depending on the game's the game script and what's going on. But Collins is receiving 16 carries a game. He gets a couple targets. So if he's healthy, which he's questionable right now, I think you can put him in and, and be have a solid feeling about Alex Collins. Not something that you're in love with, but a solid feeling. As for these wide receivers, man, I like Marvin Jones. I, I do. I like him in the sense of a running or a wide receiver too. So I don't love him. I have him at, actually, well, technically, I have him at flex as wide receiver 27. So I think he's a startable asset in deeper type of leagues. And I like that he's coming off of a bye. DJ Chark is not there. And that Seattle isn't necessarily great against the wide receiver position. But they are worse against running backs. Which is why I like James Robinson so much. But DK Metcalf, I think you're going to start. I have him as a top 16 wide receiver. And he had five targets last week. Called two of them. If it wasn't for that huge 84-yard touchdown, then he was terrible for you. So you have to take that into account when you're starting someone like DK Metcalf. Everyone's just waiting for Russell to get back. So I'm not starting Tyler Lockett right now, and I'm probably not going to start LaVisca Chenault. I think if I had to start a tight end here, it would be Dan Arnold over someone like Gerald Everett. Dan Arnold now has a bye week, been with the team a couple weeks. He's more acclimated and accustomed to Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, what the overall philosophy of that offense. So I have him just outside of tight end one. I have him as a 13th ranked tight end, my 13th ranked tight end. Moving on to Tampa Bay and New Orleans. This is a fun matchup because Tom Brady struggled against 
New Orleans in all three games last year, even in the playoffs, even not not as much. But New Orleans really got after him in the first two matchups. This is a good NFC South battle. Tom Brady, Jameis Winston. Right now, I have Tom Brady ranked as my quarterback five still. Jameis Winston, I have in my top 15 at quarterback 13. I think it's a little aggressive, but if you allow him to open up and pick apart this weaker secondary where they have to probably chase points because I still think Tom Brady's going to be able to move the football. I don't think it's going to be, you know, him scoring 40 points or 35 points or anything like that, but I still think that he now that he's been in this offense for a while and he has all the confidence and he has some of his weapons, Rob Gronkowski should be back, Antonio Brown is ruled out, but he still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Lenny Fournette. I think that the Bucks should be able to score, even though it's in a tough spot against a solid defense, which should force Jameis to air it out a little bit more. But are you going to get this Jameis Winston that's reckless with the football, or are you going to get somebody who can take advantage of a weak secondary? I'm not 100% certain there, but I still have him. I'm taking the risk, have him as a top 15 quarterback in that situation. And there is no Taysom Hill as well to steal some of the uh, work from him. Alvin Kamara, you're firing him up. Leonard Fournette, I have Leonard Fournette right now, ranked in my top 16, have him at 16. Mark Ingram is back. He's going to steal some carries away from Alvin Kamara. I think he's worth a speculative ad. I mean, Latavius Murray was a solid player for the Saints last season. So if he's on your free agent wire, I'm not I'm not opposed to someone adding him. I'm not going to play him against one of the best run defenses, even though they're at home and in his first game back with the team. I'm not going to do that. But I am somewhat interested in Mark Ingram, which isn't something I ever thought I would say. Not this week, though. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you're firing him up. Mike Evans may have a little bit of a down game. He has struggled in the past with Marshawn Lattimore. Now, I think Mike Evans' talent can get the best of Lattimore, but throughout their time together and their fights and their scraps, and they really just do not like each other, it seems like, Lattimore has basically won that battle. So maybe... Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, if they can take advantage of this matchup, will try to get Mike Evans going against him. But I still would rather prefer Chris Godwin, and I'm not going with any other receiver. Gronk, top 10 tight end, fire him up if he's available, but you always have that risk that this rib injury takes one shot and then he's out again, which would be devastating. But he's still very talented, and there's going to be a narrower target share with Antonio Brown missing this game. And as for these defenses, I think he can play I guess you could say either, but I don't really want to play the Saints. Uh, I know that they, they're coming off of a solid game, but that was against Geno Smith. I know that they have a lot of talent, and I know they're at home. This is only their second real home game. The only other one was a loss to the New York Giants, and you have Tom Brady over there. So I don't want to play them, but I don't think it's as an egregious of a play as um, as I would originally think just because I've seen Tom Brady struggle against Dennis Allen and a lot of the personnel. Moving on, though, against Washington and Denver. Broncos are favored by 3.5, 44.5 point over-under. By the way, the Buccaneers were favored by 4.5 with a 50.5 point over-under. Don't believe I said that last time. Unprofessional of me. Moving on. Look, Teddy Bridgewater Taylor Heineke, I don't like either of them really as as fantasy quarterbacks. Heineke a little bit more than Bridgewater, but I kind of like the spot for Bridgewater a little bit more, man. Bridgewater, I have him as a quarterback 16. If that ankle holds up and he had extended rest this week, I think he can get it done against Washington secondary that has struggled to guard the wide receiver position. They are second only to the Tennessee Titans in allowing fantasy points to the wide receiver position, and they allow the most fantasy points to the quarterback position. So I have him as my quarterback 16, and I have Taylor Heineke as well as my quarterback 19, and I don't love that either. But I'm just kind of looking into the stats and seeing how these defenses have played. And since the Denver Broncos have have lost both of their linebackers, Josie Jewell and A.J. Johnson, 
They've been terrible against the run. They've been horrendous against the run. But that's also affected them against the pass a little bit as well. It's just their defense has kind of crumbled ever since those two players were injured. And they have not been great against the run, which has led me, though, to Antonio Gibson, who I don't love because he has these shin issues and because we haven't seen the same workload that he we originally anticipated because of the shin issue. So we see a little bit more J.D. McKissick, but I still have Antonio Gibson higher than maybe I'm even comfortable with, and he's not even that high. It's at running back 17, but Denver has been bad against the run, and I think that needs to be taken into account. Washington has been solid against the run overall, so... That's also something to monitor, and it's Javante Williams, it's Melvin Gordon. We saw last week on Thursday Night Football that Javante Williams was being used pretty extensively as that receiving back, and I think his role's going to grow. I think you had to buy him now, man. I think you have to buy him now. I'm not looking at this as it's going to be a, a great game. I don't think it's going to necessarily be a great game, but he did have seven targets, six catches for 32 yards, and that touchdown last week. I don't think he's going to smash here, but I think you got to start buying Javante Williams because I think Melvin Gordon's going to get phased out by the end of the season, and you want to own Javante Williams at that point. You want him on your roster. He only had four carries last week. I expect more than that against Washington, but I don't necessarily think this is a great matchup, but I do have him ranked in a solid manner just outside of a running back two. I have him as a flex option, running back three, whatever you want to consider it, at 25 with Melvin Gordon at 28. I think they'll both be involved, but I think as the season progresses, you're going to want Javante Williams on your roster. J.D. McKissick, full point PPR leagues. I think you can go down that rabbit hole if you want, but it's, it's unpredictable. It's not as bad as Naheem Hines, but it's unpredictable, and that's kind of the crapshoot you get for for these receiving running backs who have a limited role as a as a true running back. So here we go. Terry McLaurin, fire him up. Cortland Sutton, you could fire him up. And I think you can fire up Jerry Judy. Washington, as we said before, terrible. And Jerry Judy smashed in week one. You just hope that this, this offense is a little bit healthier and that Teddy Bridgewater can find Jerry Judy. I don't have Jerry Judy super high, not as high as I would typically have him because I believe he's just such a good talent, but I have him as my wide receiver 31. I think if you have to, you can start him, and that's going to take away from Tim Patrick, so I'm not as interested in Tim Patrick this week. Noah Fant and Ricky Seals-Jones, I think you can start both of those players. Look, Against the tight end position this year, Washington hasn't been terrible. Denver hasn't been terrible. Denver has actually been pretty solid. They rank fourth, but again, that was because of A.J. Johnson and Josie Jewell more so than anything else. Justin Simmons is also there, and he's an absolute stud. Washington ranks about middle of the pack against the tight end position, a little bit north to the bad side, I guess I should say, but Baltimore is actually the worst with the tu- with the uh, Chargers being the second worst and then the Texans being the third worst, but the Texans just give up so many touchdowns to the tight end position. But back to this game. So Noah Fant, Ricky Seals-Jones, you start them both. And I think you can start both these defenses because Teddy Bridgewater, if he's not great, he might not be right, and he can turn the football over. Taylor Heineke, we've seen, he could certainly turn the football over. I like the Broncos' defense a little bit more than Washington's, but Washington, we know he can get after the passer. At times, they've seen it. It has not lived up to the expectation nearly this year, but it's still... A defense, if you need to and you're desperate, I think it's better than, you know, the Miamis of the world and the Giants and stuff like that. Dallas and Minnesota. So Dallas and Minnesota, this is Sunday night football. Dak Prescott is questionable, which makes this kind of hard to evaluate. So if Dak Prescott doesn't play, 
I think I'm only really interested in C.D. Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz, possibly. If Dak Prescott plays, I'm definitely plugging in all those Cowboys. Amari Cooper. So you have to just wait. And you may not know until later. So you have to make some tough decisions and just kind of use these rankings, rankings that will be on Big Blue View. Other analysts go and look at what a lot of people who cover fantasy football are saying to do to make the best optimal lineup decision and it sucks when these guys are really truly questionable in these primetime games on Sunday and Monday nights there's just no chance of you knowing unless a report comes out early from Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport that they are playing but Dak is dealing with the injury right now this is a 51 and a half point over under with the Vikings favored by three both these teams are coming off of the bye week and Dak I mean, he he came out today and he said, you know, the calf is a little sore, so he's gonna wait and he's gonna monitor. And if I'm the if I'm the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott has alluded to this too. Look, this could be a, an effect from the injury he suffered last year. So they want to be really patient here. You're in a crappy division. You're in the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys are more than likely going to win this division. So I wouldn't be shocked if he sits for this game and we see freaking Cooper Rush, maybe former New York Giant Cooper Rush, step into the reins. Love Kirk Cousins in this game. Not going to start Cooper Rush if he plays. Love Kirk Cousins in this game. I have Cousins ranked in my top six as my quarterback six. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, top five plays, easy. So you plug them in. Tony Pollard, I think he's top 25 play for me this week. I think he's somebody that you can entertain, but definitely not somebody you have to start. Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, and Adam Thielen. I'm starting all three of those no matter what. Mari Cooper, I'm starting if if Dak Prescott is there. I'm probably not going to start him if he's not. I look at this matchup though. There is no Patrick Peterson for the Vikings, and the Vikings have been overall middle of the pack against guard in the wide receiver position but without Peterson there with him injured I think that's going to suffer especially against talents like CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper if Dak Prescott's there CeeDee Lamb even if Dak Prescott is not there he's going to be played and Dallas Cowboys rank at the bottom six guarding the wide receiver position so I think Justin Jefferson is going to smash and I really think Adam Thielen is going to have a really good football game in prime time as well and if Dak Prescott does play I am firing up Dalton Schultz if he doesn't I'm probably still going to go in that direction unless I have better options but Dalton Schultz man he gets he's a big part of this offense not a lot of people talk about it but no one really pays attention to him and he's somebody that you can kind of put into your lineup and he's not going to kill you he's my tight end nine right now with Tyler Conklin as my tight end 15. I think he's somebody that you can also entertain, but definitely not somebody you have to start. Let's move on to the Monday night football game with the New York Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under is 52, so that is a solid over-under on this slate, which is a little bit more ho-hum. And the Giants are dogs by nine points, which is to no surprise. Yes, the Chiefs have been playing bad, and a lot of people are overreacting to this, but this is a get-right game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just hope the Giants, it could be raining this game, but I just hope the Giants can be competitive. I think they, they can possibly be, I think there's a wide range of outcomes here. I think they can be competitive. I don't know if they'd win this game. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Anything's possible, but I really don't think that's going to happen. But I think they can be competitive and earn some some cred, some some uh, competition points, which really don't really mean all that much for being competitive. But at the same time, I can see Pat Mahomes coming out here with his hair on fire and absolutely lighting Patrick Graham's defense up. So, because uh, the, yes, the Giants look good last week, but they were playing Sam Darnold. So it's a wide range of outcomes. And that doesn't really necessarily help us here when it comes to evaluating fantasy football, but we will. It's just kind of going through my rankings and discussing the players who could be available or may not because the Giants are just so damn injured right now. So I like Patrick Mahomes and I like Daniel Jones and I have them both as quarterback ones. Daniel Jones can run. And even if he doesn't have a lot of those weapons, because it's 
I don't want to say it's unlikely that Kenny Galladay is going to be there and Saquon Barkley is going to be there and Kadarius Tony is going to be there. I'm not 100% certain, but it's not a certainty that they will be there. It seems like Darius Slayton will be there, and then Sterling Shepard may be there. And then we have to wait and see what the practice report indicates on Saturday because they get that extra practice on Saturday, which is typically like the Friday practice to, to give us perspective on who is going to be available. But Kansas City, man, play a lot of man coverage. Daniel Jones, they're using his legs a ton. And Kansas City Chiefs give up a lot of rushing yards to the quarterback position. So I think Daniel Jones is going to have a solid fantasy game no matter what. And I don't know how high, the ceiling is high. I don't think the floor is as low as it was with the Rams when he just got off the concussion protocol. I think his legs are going to be used pretty extensively in this game. Pat Mahomes, you're obviously firing him up. Running backs, I like Devontae Booker and Darrell Williams. I, I don't love either. I think Williams can get into the end zone, but I don't think he's going to be breaking off any crazy runs or anything like that. I have him as my running back 14 with Devontae Booker as my running back 20. I think they're both startable assets there just because Booker gets so much of the workload. He doesn't really split any time with anybody other than Elijah Penny, but he He's also going to be the receiving downs back, which is incredibly important when you're nine-point underdogs on the road because you're probably going to get a lot of opportunity to catch the football. Daryl Williams, I think he has the opportunity to fall into the end zone. This could be one of those ugly, you know, 20-carry for 75-yard, two-touchdown games, something similar to what he had against Washington at Washington. So I, I, I like both of those players, and I think they're assets that can be utilized, even though I don't think Daryl Williams has really proven to be all that great right now, neither has Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though. Tyreek Hill, you're firing him up. And then all these Giants receivers, man, and I'm probably not going to fire up another receiver for the Chiefs. I think you can start Hardman, but you never know. I mean, he had five targets, caught four of them for 28 yards last week in a spot that seemed great, but it wasn't because Tennessee just balled out. And I think the Giants are going to go into this game with a chip on their shoulder. Nobody's picking us, and I think they usually are solid in that situation, similar to what Green Bay did against Arizona earlier this week, but Arizona's, or Green Bay is a better football team than the Giants, and that's true but i i don't think the giants are just going to roll over as but i already laid out the the blueprint to what could happen if patrick mahomes plays with his hair on fire early on and gets out to a early lead in this game which may not be all that great i hope the giants can take the air out of the ball a little bit but i don't know if it's going to be all that possible the chiefs defense is not great though so there's that as well as could be a shootout could be let's just hope the giants can be competitive and i can see them definitely not quitting but Chiefs are just a better football team than them as well. All right, that's enough talking about that. I did that twice. If Sterling Shepard's available, I like him in this game. If Kadarius Tony available, I love him in this game. And Kenny Galladay, I think you'll play if he's available, but it's just these injuries, they can be re-aggravated. I don't know if they're going to be available, so you kind of just have to wait and see. If none of those guys are available, I think you can start Darius Slayton. I have him as a low-end wide receiver three. I like this matchup a lot. He's going to see you know five, possibly eight, 10 targets, but we saw Pettis get the ball. We saw the ball spread around a lot last week, and I think that could happen again. And I'm not going to start a Dante Pettis or a Colin Johnson, even if it is a better matchup. So Tyreek Hill, smash, Slayton. If all everybody else is out, I think you can go in that direction. I think Evan Ingram is somebody you can play as well. I have him as a tight end one, and I'm not enthused about that, but I do believe he is in another spot, just like he is every week, that he can smash in a man coverage team. Now, he might see a lot of Tyron Matthew, but if he gets matched up with Daniel Sorensen when he's out there, I think that's a mismatch that Ingram's athletic ability can definitely exploit. Travis Kelsey, you're obviously firing him up in these defenses. I don't really want to do either, but obviously you're going to go to the Chiefs over the Giants, even though they've been terrible, just because this is a Giants defense that I think 
showed a lot of confidence last week, but against Pat Mahomes on the road, prime time, I don't necessarily love it. Alrighty, everybody, that was the week eight slate. I am Nick Filato. Please head on over to Big Blue View. Check out everything that we have going on there. Extensive coverage of the Giants, coverage of the football, coverage of the fantasy football, and we're doing some great work, if I do say so myself. Everybody, please take care. Best of luck in your matchups, and we'll talk to you soon.